Keep waiting, Aaron Judge. Keep waiting, Yankees fans. Went down to the ballpark last night with uh, producer Petey. Two pick Pete. We sat right on top of the Yankees dugout. And I got to talking. I got to talking, Aaron Judge. You think you heard me, Pete? Yeah, he just nodded. I loved every single walk. I was celebrating those walks like Yankees fans celebrated his home runs. And of course, there were just a ton of Yankees fans at that game. And I enjoyed watching every single one of them limp out of that stadium with a win, knowing that they didn't get what they came there to see. Ben Ennis, you went uh, the day before me. You actually, you tried to sit out in the, the judge zone. You were a little high. You would have you needed a, a real bomb to catch it. But do you enjoy seeing the Yankees? Because how many Yankees fans were around you? Because it, it kind of felt like back in the day. when I fir- My very first Blue Jays game I ever went to was actually a Roger Clemens game against yeah. the Yankees. Mm-hmm. And it was... Like, I, I remember thinking, oh, this stinks as a kid. We were up in the nosebleeds, and we were just surrounded by Yankees fans. This wasn't quite that, but there's a, it's, a good, it's a good chunk. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was a different demographic in the game that I went to, or maybe I was just in Blue Jays land in the second deck in, in, in left field. But there was, like, I literally only saw one Yankee fan. Oh, no. But he was the Yankee fan that when the Yankees scored early in that game, they took a 2 nothing lead, of course, before the Blue Jays came back. Yeah. He's the guy that turns around, right, to look at who's behind him and, and just you know, show off the Yankee jersey. So that was, that was slightly irritating. I got to warn you today. I was listening to punk music on the way in, and I'm very anti-establishment. Today. I, like, I feel like shaking my fist at the man, you know, toppling hierarchies. I'm in a bit of a bad boy mood today. Like I'm feeling pretty badass. So it's 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 different than normal, where yeah. you're like, uh, the man. Uh, what can I do for you, <laughs> Mr. Man? Yeah, normally. W- would you like your shoes shine, Mr. Man? Normally, I'm just ready to fit in like a cog into the machine, you know. But today, I, I'm I don't want to be any cog, you know. I was I, nothing like punk music walking through downtown Toronto in the morning to make you feel like you know seeing everybody scurrying to work and go, you know, I'm above it all. I see through the oh, BS. You know? See, to me, there's nothing like punk music early in the morning mm-hmm. at 38 years old to make you feel like you're, you're 58 years yeah. old. Oh, right. <laughs> well, that's, dude, that's actually the perfect way of describing both of us is for you. You go, oh, yeah, this is done for me. This is this. I'm, yeah. I'm old. And for me, it's the opposite where I go, I still got it. I, I still got this. I, I can <laughs> yeah, because still... you're delusional. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm too smart to delude myself into that line of thinking. Yeah. Um, I was there for Looney Dogs as well. I, I didn't have a single one. My favorite part of the evening was realizing, because we were among the elites, you know, on the dugout, that no one down there was eating Looney Dogs, that they didn't even know. They were like, what, the peasants are getting bread? (laughs) They had no idea. No one had a clue. Didn't see a single Looney Dog in my section. And then, of course, I go up for a beer, and there's Ailish going like, and I'm going for a loony dog and inning. I was like, the peasantry is on one tonight. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even think they serve sushi at Rogers Center, but I'm sure the people in your section had sushi. Like, they had somebody leave the stadium. I thought Austin Matthews was going to come sit with us after. Like, that's where our seats were. (laughs) I thought, okay, he's coming this way because clearly his seats are here. This is where he wants to be. How would you feel about him not throwing off the rubber? I hated uh, it. Yeah, it's it's not great, and and clearly he was not going to try and lob it in there, right? Like, and he he almost o- overshot the runway. A Dude, he's bit. from Arizona. Like, get up on the mound. You're from yeah, the no, States. and I think he he played baseball growing up too. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm of two minds, though, because I, I do wonder if, like, a pro athlete is like, should I go to where the actual guys who play this sport professionally go? Mm-hmm. Do I want to mess up Jose Barrios's mound? Oh, you think he thinks mess up Jose Barrios's mound? That's what I'd be thinking. Yeah, you would, nerd. Like, no way that's what he's thinking. He's thinking... I. Pete thought he motioned like he wanted to go up there and then Ace wouldn't let him. And I, I thought... Mm. Ace doesn't get to dictate where Austin yeah. Matthews goes in the oh, city. Ace is in charge of that? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think Ace's powers yeah. are severely limited, yeah. okay? I, I imagine they're like, hey, uh, Austin, as you're going out there, do whatever Ace says, okay? He's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> He's running things. That's actually Edward Rogers under yeah. that Ace suit. Yeah, that's his real passion is mascotting. <laughs> he wants to break dance, but he doesn't want anybody to see him break dance. <laughs> and this is the best way he can do it. It is his dugout. Like, he's allowed to jump up there it makes sense right. you know you think about it it makes a lot of sense but ah, i just he's he's a professional athlete i want to see him throw a baseball um a friend of ours i think this was walker's take was you can tell how athletic someone is by how they throw and that's why you want to see them throw like he's writing you off as an athlete it doesn't matter if you're uh, someone who's from a country that doesn't throw like baseballs, you know? Yes. That, Everybody it, knows how to throw. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, some the of the mechanics. greatest soccer players in the world, yeah. watching them swing a bat, like Neymar Jr., like, looks... My, my about-to-be-seven-year-old has a far sur- superior baseball swing than Neymar swing Jr. Swing is different, but, though. A swing is different. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, yeah, throwing, everybody can throw. Yeah. I mean, the cavemen threw. <laughs> that's what I mean. So... I kind of the theory sort of holds because he would say I can't remember who it was, but his real hot take one was there was I can't remember which NBA player it was, but somebody cooked one just threw it right in the dirt and bounced it and it was a horrific throw. There's an NBA player who had like a really really bad release point. He was like I don't know the athleticism just isn't purely not a pure athlete. I was like well yeah Matthews at least had some mustard on that yeah yeah and like I said like he was he was he was not gonna lob it in there. He was not you know. Just you're gonna try and fill the zone with an Ephus pitch. He was he was he was trying to give it a little extra sauce, but yeah, it was uh, 40 feet. Dude, my least favorite take on the planet is you don't want to have him go up there and really throw it because what if he gets hurt? I'm like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like in in that case, let's just never let Austin Matthews get out of bed. And when he does, let's have a couple people monitor him, walk him to his car where his driver is, professionally trained. He sits in the bubble wrap. He gets to the arena. The staff meets him at the arena. They also carry him to the ice. He skates his laps very slowly, practices very slowly, wears the non-contact jersey, and then you get him ready for a game where you know he's going to get hurt. I just, it's so dumb. I I I, I've I will got never some understand. News. For those people, that Austin Matthews was playing like some a ton of tennis and <laughs> a lot of more dangerous sports than throwing a baseball yeah. One during time the off from a mound softly to Alec Manoa. Yeah, yeah, I, I know it was it, it'd be a tough one. It would really shatter people's minds to see some of the things that he's probably got up to in the uh, in the off season. So I, I do want to talk some Blue Jays with you, but quickly. How'd you feel about the Devaro's injury yesterday? Because that kind of slipped in under the radar. I was down at the ballpark and I'm kind of getting ready for this baseball game. I'm excited to see Judge. I want to be down there. Yesterday sucked because the dome was closed and it was raining. It was humid. But all of a sudden that happens. And all I can think is, boy, this is a paper-thin hockey team. And all of a sudden they're going to open the season with what? Callie Yarncrock or Alex Kerfoot playing second-line center? Yeah, it's not ideal. Um I mean, in theory, I guess he's missing four regular season games, so it's not a prolonged injury. But this is not a guy that's that's in his twenties anymore, mm-hmm. right? 
Uh, this is something that he's dealt with before in his career as well. And it, as, as much as it's all about the postseason for this hockey team, and I expect them to be there, like it, starts are of critical importance too. I mean, go back to last season, right? There was a precipice point for this team when they were below 500. They were down 2 nothing to the Chicago Blackhawks, remember? Yeah. The, the horrible Chicago Blackhawks in what? The second period, they come back, win that game in overtime, and then kind of take off from there. But this team doesn't need a, another crisis point, especially for a general manager that might be a little trigger happy to, to make a move. I, I don't know if it happens with the, the head coach. I mean, that's his guy. It seems unlikely that he would uh, fire Sheldon Keefe out of a cannon because they're so, they're so tightly uh, connected those two, but yeah, getting off to a slow start, is uh, going to be a lot of fodder for us and mm-hmm. to be without your second line center for even if it's a week two weeks considering how uncertain they are in net like that uh-huh. they, you, yeah we could have some interesting storylines out of the first couple of weeks of the season the uh, maybe it's cuz I'm still in baseball brain but it's oblique right for Tavares yeah and when you hear that one in baseball it's real bad and so I don't know what it, how it translates to being a hockey player. Three weeks seems like not that long a time. But I would imagine that they're going to play it uber safe with them because of what you said. It's not about the regular season, obviously. Um, I, I'm not worried about the hockey team. They got off to a slow start last year. You mentioned it. They still ended up being red hot. They went into the playoffs with a ton of buzz. Everybody was kind of feeling like, um, again, had they not faced Tampa, that they would have ended up at least getting past the first round and that they looked like they were one of the better teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think my my bigger thought when I saw it was actually sort of relating to Bo is having those players in the city that just bring fans eternal frustration and polarization because I, I think that William Nylander is always going to be a bit of that guy, but because of his salary... It's just it's it's really hard to target him as number one. I, I don't think that he will remain in that slot. Like I think that there are either guys who are in on William Nylander, guys who are out on William Nylander, and uh, I don't know if he's as polarizing as people think he is anymore. I just think it's one of those things where the internet takes it away in a different way. I think John Tavares is going to become polarizing, and I think Boba Shett watching him is going to become polarizing. And so I guess the kind of question to you or the topic today is, who do you think is going to be that athlete? in Toronto over the next, uh, let's say, three seasons, because I don't want to project out too far. The next three seasons, the athlete that people either love and say you can't do it this way or they just cannot stand. Because last night was a reminder for me that as hot as Bo is always going to get at the dish and as many hits as he's going to collect, he's, he's still going to be a frustrating baseball player to watch. Like, that was a tough night for Bo. And it's not like that was an uncharacteristic night for Bo. Well, the error was not uncharacteristic. I will say the attention to detail, that's not usually his deal, right? Like mm. coming off a base at, at second I base. I thought he should have had two errors. What did you think of that first play that dropped in? Because on the live, it just looked like Springer should have called him off, but Bo yeah. was sort of charging through, and then they didn't call it an error. But what did it look like yeah, on TV? It's, it's, it's hard to call. Those those things are weird. They should be like a team error. But, yeah, when nobody touches the ball, uh, it's, it's hard to assign an error. Who do you think I mean, that's were, on, though, Bo or... I, or, or... It, well, I mean, I guess it depends on who was actually calling it. Like, mm-hmm. if he was calling for the ball, which it appears like that Bo he was, because he was the only guy that stuck the glove out, yeah. right? 
then that's on him. Yeah. It is supposed to be the center fielder's ball. Like, if the center fielder has a chance to catch a ball coming in, he's the quarterback of the outfielders. He should take charge and catch that ball. But if he hears Bo, like, right from the word go, screaming, I got it, I got it, I got it, and it, it, he knows it's going to have to be a situation where he turns on the Jets just to get there in time and doesn't want to create a collision, mm-hmm. then, yeah, that's in, entirely on, on Bo. That was kind of a, a weird play. Yeah, that's a play that has to be made and, and something that needs to be cleaned up uh, before the postseason. The play at second base, while it's 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 easy to deride Bo um, for, for coming off the bag and not paying attention to detail, it's kind of a fluky play. I don't think, like, that's going to happen in the postseason. The errors are, are super concerning. Like I, I, I was accumulating Bobichet defensive data going into this week, but you know the 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 mood around the team was was so positive. I didn't want to bring it up to any of my Blue Jays guests this week, but it it, it might be a topic today that yeah, do it. he's he's so well he's second in all of baseball in errors, which isn't everything, but defensive run saves he's far and away first, right? Like he is like blowing the competition out of the water at shortstop as far as the negative defensive run saved this season. Problem is you can you you can talk about the defense and you can pay attention to the errors all you want. The guy's been the best hitter on this team for what? 2 months now. Yep. He's the guy you most want up in a big spot. It's it's not something that in your wildest imaginations is going to happen this season. It's not even a situation where he's going to be replaced defensively late in baseball games. That is not happening. That's that's like a maybe an off season, but probably not even that. Like as long as he's Bo Bichette, you kind of have to live with that if he wants to play that position because and this wasn't the case in the in the first couple of months of the season, but right now he's so good. Mm-hmm. He's 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 back to being his elite offensive self that you just have to eat it. Yeah, uh, but on Benny, the defensive side of the ball. This is kind of where I'm getting at, though, in terms of the take of him becoming the most polarizing player in the city is I think he's going to have those months like he's having right now at the dish where he is just raking. But he's going to have those moments in the field that people are going to point to and go, see, that's why I'm not fully in on it. And then he's going to have his cold streaks. Like, I, I really do believe that one of the things you're going to have to take from this season is that this guy rides hot and cold and, and you just have to get used to that. There's, it's, it's not going to change. He's going to lead. He's going to finish his year somewhere in the top of Major League Baseball and hits. That that is where he's going to sit. But he's not going to start walking all of a sudden. His plate approach. I will say that there have been a lot better um, plate appearances lately. But that I think is just a byproduct of when you're unbelievably hot, you're scorching on fire, you're hitting everything. I don't know. He just. I think it's a little bit of confirmation bias where you see a guy with uh, have an elite take and go, oh, this is different. This is why it's changed all of a sudden. It's like, nah, nah, probably not really. That's probably not the reason why this is happening. But do you have any doubts in your mind that we're going to go into next season and Bo is going to have a month or two where he's ice cold and then finish the end of the season kind of similar to this, where, again, that's where he sits at the top of the standings when it comes to hits? I I think that's hard for a baseball fan, especially when you're not a gold glover in the field or even close to it. Well, here's the thing about that is that that's like 90% of Major League Baseball players, right? Sure. Like outside of Mike Trout, like that is, it is, I mean, look up and down this lineup. Even my guy, Alejandro Kirk, while he's been consistent getting on base, that's why, man, I, I put such a yeah, premium yeah, don't on turn taking this walks. Into loving Alejandro Kirk, please. Let's well, see. but this is it. The, the point I'm going to make is that 
even Alejandro Kirk has not been scorching hot all season long, mm-hmm. right? Like, he started the season off with, what, no extra base hits in, what, the first month and a half? Mm-hmm. And then he got really hot, and he, he boosted the, the slugging percentage up. But he was still getting on base. There's very few players, like Mike Trout, basically, that's it, who are just every season, pencil them in, going to hit their 300, they're, they're going to get on base 40% of the time, there's going to be few stretches where you're like, boy, this guy's timing is really, really messed up, and it's it's hard to count on on him during this point because he's going through it a little bit and he needs to break out of it. Like that is that's kind of the nature of the beast. I I will say though that this season was an extreme example of that um, because I was almost not ready to to write Bo off, but it the beginning of the season that slump looked so. No, I was there. So legit, right? It yeah. looked like there was something different about about him. It was like it was the bow approach where he's a free swinger, but it was it was like amplified to a degree that you thought maybe this guy can never rein it back in. But mm-hmm. I'm an idiot, and we're all idiots, and we were all fooled. no. It's not we're all idiots. It's baseball makes everybody look like an idiot because they play 162 games. It's so long. They play every yeah, single. Yeah, I night. know, but I, I thought I was all. immune to that. No, like, you're I'm, not. You're you're the biggest idiot of them all. What are you talking about? You're the king idiot. <laughs> like you're on the top of idiot mountain with your idiot stick, going like oh. No, there's no chance. Um, yeah, I, I just think that's a byproduct of the sport. But no, man, there were – come around the trade deadline when Soto was getting shopped and Bo was still in his slump and some people, not me, were calling him the powder, you know, because every single time he looked like he was pouting in the dugout and there were some murmurs about his connection with the team – I don't, I, I don't know. It just it felt like, hey, what the takes of is this guy's long-term future here or what is this guy's future here? I think they were legitimate. And this is, again, part of the polarization. I'm just going to keep going with it because I don't think this is being negative. I think that you can like Bobachet and be excited about Bobachet and how hot he is right now, but also have that feeling in the back of your mind of, hey, I, I don't know if this guy is going to be here uh, for a next contract extension. I don't know what that looks like. And I do think there's something to, if we're just playing the polarizing game, there's something to the, you know, good-looking guy who comes from money and played tennis growing up and doesn't seem to have the same connection with the teammates. I'm just saying, like, it, it's not this... It's not outlandish to think that he's going to remain one of the more polarizing guys in the city, even if he is, at times, the team's best player. No, he doesn't lean into it, right? Like, he's the, look at the things that Vlad has done recently, like saying, yeah. this is my house. Yeah, he doesn't do that about, stuff. I'm a, I'm a Blue Jay. For, no. Like, I would love to be a Blue Jay for life, Bo's even if it's not true. And and even if, yeah, even if, it, even if it's not something that's going to come to fruition this offseason, even if the, the conversation about contract extensions isn't even going to be broached this offseason, <laughs> he said it. Like, so imagine is there Bobichet anything saying, Toronto loves more than this is our house or, like, Think you know how wrestlers? That's what's called cheap heat. Is yes. I think this is called cheap heat. Is when they show up at a venue and they go, oh, "I love being back in Toronto." Um, um, uh, rock stars do it too, right? Rock stars. Yeah. Oh, so glad to be back in the greater city of Toronto. No city loves that more than us. We're the number one in the power rankings of just falling over ourselves whenever anybody. Oh, because we're like, so we're super. We're we're the other. <laughs> we're we're super insecure. Any of athlete says it, and we we lose our freaking minds. Like Bo uh, or Vladdy says, "This is our house," and people are like, "That's my credo now." <laughs> like that, <laughs> this is well, these are the words I live by. So, right, but it's a smart move, right? It's, 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 it's incredibly smart move. Yeah, because guys have um, made careers off of this. Like, yeah, not not that careers. it's. Yeah, not that it's something that is going to impact the actual 
dollars and cents that are no, written out on a piece not. of paper that is presented to him. But if there's a couple of fans that, you know, feel like the pressure should be more on the organization to keep a guy that wants to be here long term, mm-hmm. that's a good thing for the player. You can't argue otherwise. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just so out of the realm of possibility that Bo would even come close to broaching that subject. He's, he's, he's cold-blooded, which is part of the reason why you should love him, right? Like, he's... He's Mr. Serious, right? I thought in this city we love the serious guys. We, we love the guys that, you know, they think about one thing and one thing only, and that's playing their sport. Yeah, but, okay, but he's, he reeks way more of, because to me that's more George Springer. And that's more Matt no. Chapman. Okay, can, that's more Matt Chapman. Hey, all Matt I Chapman care about sure. is ball, Chapman you know, sure. like ball. That's what I care about, baseball. Simeon. Yes, Simeon, 100% example of that. Just this dude is here to play baseball. Like that's what he's Troy Tulowitzki, but this is it. Yeah, this is no, right out of the I Troy Tulowitzki I don't think Bo playbook. is that. I don't think people think Bo is that. I think Bo think people think Bo is about Bo more than he's about baseball. I think that they see him like you know tie the hair up or fl- or flick yeah. the hair out, and they go, yeah, that guy loves the camera. He loves the limelight. He likes <laughs> Bo loves him some Bo. You know, like that situation more than it is. <laughs> The baseball thing that you've outlined it as. Like, I, I view him more yeah. as a tennis I, guy than I am all for the love of the game guy. Can, can I can I say what I think is? I mean, okay, that you're, you might be right as far as the fan perception. Yeah, I'm can just I tell I, you I'm I, just I'm just BSing. Like I'm just shooting it here with you. Yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah. Shooting it with can, my I, friend. can I tell you what I think is actually happening? Yeah, it's both, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, clearly there's. Well, a, clearly, well, thanks. I I do think he obviously cares about baseball. He's a professional athlete. <laughs> No, but like to an insane degree, okay. like a, a lot more than some of these other guys. Yeah. I do. I I think the the Marcus oh. Samian experience was Name good names. for him, and I do think the Troy Tulowitzki thing was real. Right, you know what, growing though, up around that guy. That's that's a legit thing that you just mentioned there too. Is Samian the number one guy he left an imprint on was Bo? Mm-hmm. And so if we're saying like the baseball guy that he kind of tried to pass the torch to, I think there's something there to that. That you just got me with that point. The growing up with Tulo thing, I always, you know, I, how many years was that? How, well, you're a Tulo hater, though. You I'm not a Tulo hater. I'm not a Tulo hater. I'm just not, not a Tulo worshiper of that trade. I just don't. I'm. I'm not. You know. I remember who was the most important guys on that team, and oh, my only take has been that. Given the hype of Tulo at the time, it was a little underwhelming, the results oh, of the, the trade, than what we thought we were getting here. That's all. Well, now you're changing the, the goalpost, because clearly that's true. Yeah, true. Tulowitzki was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, yeah, and, and that he was out of the league in and like then, three and years. And then it so, was yeah. reports about, hey, he's walking on ground. And I went, what was he walking on before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I miss those days. I know. Yeah. Hey, Tulo's walking on ground, everybody. We're like four months away from <laughs> the next Tulo report. Anyway, um, yeah, I just, I, I had a lot, I was just, I was really in my thoughts about Bo last night, you know, obviously watching well, that game. And I just, I kept thinking, I went through all the runs that were scored and the things that happened. And clearly the number one reason why they lost that game was because they refused to throw Aaron Judge strikes and it bit them in the ass. And I loved that though. But yeah, Bo killed them last night. And I just, yeah, the, I could feel the anger and the sentiment in the crowd. And it just, it feels like he becomes a lot of times a... Um, tractor beam for some of the hottest takes and and I wonder why that is and I, I just think there's something to him that pisses off the average fan when he makes mistakes more than when other guys do it well okay so there's a part of it that is absolutely real and quantifiable right the defense he's not this season not been an average defender at shortstop let's yeah. go back to the comparison to, to John Tavares if you were mm-hmm. going to say who's the who's got a more legitimate claim to be 
a, a, a superstar player or a star player that fans are not all in on because all John Tavares did was decide to come back to his hometown team, take what was essentially a discount in free mm. agency, right? 11 million bucks. It didn't feel like it at the time, but could have gotten whatever he wanted. They basically said, write down a number. We'll pay you that for seven years. Uh, came right out of the gates and scored 47 goals. And I know injuries have been a, a thing for for a couple of years in there and maybe playoff performance overall as a team. But, yeah, he had three goals in the seven-game series last season against the Lightning and, and 27 goals and 76 points in, in the 79 games that he played. Like, what's the more legitimate claim? It is clearly Bo, right? Like, Tavares is maligned yeah. if, if, you, if you're out on Tavares. Yeah, I... In the future, if you have to project for me the next three years, it's going to be Tavares because of the hard cap. And so his situation is much more difficult than Bo's, right? It's going to, just, cap's going up $10 bucks over the next three years. I still don't think that people are going to love that contract. I still think people are going to be pissed off about that. And honestly, the biggest, I would say the biggest problem with him getting this injury at this time right now is if he comes back and he's not, you know, ready to rock and roll. He's not going to just be awesome John Tavares right away. The take people are going to have, and by people I mean me, is, well, you know, if he's not looking good right now after a full off season of rest and he looks slow right now, then what's it going to look like come playoff time? What are the odds of doing this? There's just a, there's a lot of Leafs players, by the way. That's the, the secondary thing where you go, hey, Muzzin showed up and his back hurts. And you go, oh, that's not good. And Giordano's 40 and Tavares is there. It's just there's, there's a lot of pieces to a team that's not very deep. You know, you just take the Muzzin and Tavares contracts alone and go, that's a lot of money tied into two guys who, yes. Anyway, let's just get, save well, this for another not day. Not to mention Matt Murray, who might not be good, but also hurt yeah, all I the know. time. Well, Matt Murray, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not that's a nothing as of right now. You know that's a that's a theory. That's just a hey, it could be. Yes. Like, oh yeah. That that he can play adequate. Yeah. That's uh, that's some nerd on the chalkboard. The, the or like, yeah. That's some guy with the the pen on a whiteboard going like, let's try it out. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> let's see if this works. This is this might be something. Anyway, um, I do want to talk to you about uh, wild card, and. I've been, I will admit, you and I have been talking privately about how it hasn't been very buzzy. I have felt different since Judge has been in town. Just, yeah, these, these past two games I really wanted the Blue Jays to get. Part of it is just like, you know, you always love beating the Yankees. You love sticking it to the Yankees. Um, part of it was trying to hold them off from the clinch and just have them sweat a little bit longer and know that they were going to have hot takes, try to derail their momentum because what, they won seven in a row before uh, two nights ago? Yeah, just wanting them to be a little bit off. But now I am caring about the wild card a little bit more, but I do want to talk to you about what the future of that is. So we'll take a quick break. But before we do that, um, it's time for action. Brought to you by DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So last week we did NFL props. Right now we don't have enough NFL props. So let's just pick the Thursday night game. And then tomorrow the three of us will make a uh, three-pick prop parlay. How do you like that alliteration? Um, Okay, so Dolphins plus four. I think I saw this at three and a half. It's moved to plus four. So, you know, action, I guess, coming in on the Bengals. Um, Pete Walker. How are you feeling about this line, this total? Is there anything that pops for you right now? Do you, do you feel confident betting either side of this line? Well, although this is the uh, dependent on the health of Tua, mm-hmm. uh, I really like the Dolphins' money line at plus 165 on DraftKings. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tyree Kill is hungry to go after Eli Apple. We saw those post-game com- uh, comments last week. And uh, they are the number one team in the NFL power rankings right now. So 
plus money, number one team? So where, all I know about the Tua thing is everyone's really upset. The doctors about, are out. The, 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 the Twitter doctors, man, they re-up their, their diplomas, their degrees. They're, they're out there with their stethoscopes. <laughs> Dude, yeah. The Twitter, you know, when we banged those pots and pans, I didn't forget about the Twitter doctors. The Twitter doctors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I banged an extra pot and pan for Twitter doctors. <laughs> I was the one who did it. The, I stayed an extra couple minutes to be like, and also the <laughs> ones who didn't go to medical school, but watch a yeah, lot of sports. Yeah, maybe not a pot and pan, and but like maybe see, a couple of spoons. Yeah, like they it's... see somebody's head get banged. They know it's, uh, hey, it's bad if they go back in the game. Um, yeah, as far as I have seen today, it says that two is not in concussion protocol, so. He said he's planning to play. Yeah. But it's also his back, too. Yeah, well, they have to lie about the back because that's how you yeah. throw off the concussion doctors. Oh, that's how you throw off the Twitter doctors. It's just the whole yeah. scheme, Pete. It's the <laughs> yeah. scheme. Yeah, Pete. It's, come on. It's, it's not real. So it's not actually yeah. hurt. It's tactical lying. Yeah. Joe Bosch, you, you also on the Dolphins? Uh, no. Okay. I am not a believer in the Dolphins. I never have been. I was oh, not wow. last year. Okay. Hmm. Um, hmm. They faced wow. a during their winning streak, they played a lot of bad teams. That's all I'm going to say. But in terms of this game, it's two loaded offenses, a uh, ton of scoring. They got guys on both sides. So I think this one's going over 47 total points. Mm. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout, this one. When we were talking about like the, the potential correct score thing before, I was going to go like 34 to, 34 to 30 type thing. Mm. Um, even guys like Chase Edmonds for Miami are stepping up. He had two touchdowns against Buffalo last week. Baltimore dropped 38 on Miami. And now they're getting another offense that can score at will. So I think it's going to be a shootout over 47 points. Although I do think the Bengals are going to win. So I am also looking at that total, but it's a little spooky to me. I, I'm, I'm on the Dolphins as well. I just, I like what I've seen from them. Their defense looks fast and that Bengals offensive line hasn't proven much to me with a win over the Jets. They looked awesome and they, you know, Joe Burrow did his thing against the Jets, but so far, um, I like how fast the Dolphins' defense is, and I, I think that's been a little underrated. We were talking about it with Charles Davis, right? They got a lot of continuity with that group. They they kept all their defensive coaches. They kept everybody that is there in place. They've just got some players on that side of the ball. And so I, I think that, you know, the cornerback matchup, you know, X versus uh, Jamar Chase is going to be awesome. It's going to be electric all night. Yeah, I just... Um, I, the only thing that scares me about the Dolphins plus four, and the reason why I think the line is this way, is that that game with Buffalo took a lot of wind out of the sails for everybody. And I think a short week trying to bounce back from that is going to be a little tough for them. But if we're just talking talent for talent, these two teams, what I've seen so far this season, Dolphins look good. Dolphins look fast. Uh, and, yeah, I think that Melvin Ingram, you're going to hear his name called a lot in this football game if um, they can not gas out at the end of it. Um, let's take that quick break. When we come back, yeah, Benny, does the wild card have enough stakes? And do you care um, how we uh, – do we care who the Blue Jays actually end up playing? Um, that was Time for Action, brought to you by DraftKings, an official sports betting partner in the NFL. More Ben Ennis after a quick break. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Is this thing on? We're – so what we get drunk, so what we don't sleep, we're just having fun, we don't care who sees, so, so what we go out, down the ballpark last night. Uh, Pete raised an interesting question. What do you think the, because all the Aaron Judge balls are marked, right? They're all special little baseballs for Aaron. Like, right? he's got his own special balls. 
Uh, if you get one of those and then he hits the home run later, like you catch a foul ball from Judge, but then he hits the home run ball. What do you, do you think that the baseball that he fouled off or the one of the Judge baseballs from that game is worth any, worth any money? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah like I think so, bucks. too. No, really? Only 10? <laughs> I, I was just thinking about what a sucker you'd feel like if he hit the foul. Because our section, you know, um, where a bunch of people are getting thrown balls, people are giving them to the kids. And I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. you got to do that. That's the dream is you catch the ball, you give it to a kid, you get to be, uh, you feel like a hero for a second. It's like, I did something. It's like, nah, you did the, the least. But you did it, so good. Good for you. Like, all right. <laughs> like, let's not... Like, we made, like, 20 days of content out of the guy who gave a baseball to a kid wearing an Aaron Judge jersey. It's like, and they're like, he's the world's greatest hero. It's like, he's over the troops. It's like, the, the, him or the troops. It's, it, it, there's a difference between being a hero and just not being a villain. Because, yeah, yeah if you keep the ball, you're the villain. That's it. Exactly. I just, I'm not trying to trash the people who give the baseball away. I think it's a good thing. But even when Pete brought it up yesterday, he was like, oh, that guy gave the baseball to the kid. I was like, yeah, he better. Like, give the baseball to the kid. It's not, what are you going to do with it? But I did think... Wow, imagine catching the a judge fly ball or a judge out, getting a baseball, one of the special balls, and then he hits the home runs. He hits two in that game, and you go, yeah, it's not the one, but it's it's from that game. It would, I don't know. I think it's more than 10 bucks. I think you're underestimating it because I'd be sitting there kind of sour. But you, you know what it is? It's like... I, I don't buy memorabilia, but it's yeah. the piece. It's a it's a piece of memorabilia like I might buy because it's in my price range. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's yeah. it's something I could convince myself has sentimental value. It was like in Toronto, it wasn't even the game I was at. Well, but, you dude, know. That, that's the thing though. I would actually want to keep that baseball, knowing that it had happened that night. You know, even if you weren't going to sell it, having one of the balls from that night and knowing that it was, I don't know how they're, I got to see a tweet or whatever, how they're actually outlining that they're Aaron Judge balls, other than the fact they're obviously juiced because Major League Baseball wants it so, 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 so bad. Um, Yeah, those baseballs, remember, what was it, two years ago when it was just like, everybody's hitting a billion home runs. It was like uh, Andrelton Simmons was now like a 30 home run hitter. And they went, yeah, the baseballs were exactly what you thought. And then they deadened the baseballs and everyone's like, how hard is it to make a baseball? Those, those Aaron Judge, the ones that they've got for him are definitely off the pile from a couple of years ago on the Andrelton Simmons year. You missed the, the, the sequence of conspiracy theory tweets a couple of weeks ago when Aaron yeah. Judge was not walking so much and he kept getting pitches to hit for home runs that against teams that were way I thought out people might do that for Pujols, not him. I thought if Pujols was sitting on 699 and it was the last two games of the season um, in the games were not consequential, that, yeah, you might get the odd guy that grooved him some. You might get the Michael Strahan, Brett Favre sack situation. Oh, sure. You know, like the, oh, whoopsie, uh, you're the record all Kind of tough with two teams headed yeah. to the playoffs. Joe, yeah, do you know how they're doing it? Still hasn't clinched. They are individually numbering each ball to prove authenticity for the at-bats for Aaron Judge. Okay. So they each have their own special number system that when they... But they don't have his signature on them all like Aaron Judge. Just I don't think so. I think he has to hit it first and then okay. he can sign it. All right, yeah. Uh, that would be a great move, hey? Is and for signature, though, so... No, I know, but, if, but if, you, if you caught the home run ball, being like, yeah, obviously I'm not giving this back to you, Aaron, but could you just sign it also? 
Could you? <laughs> you? Hey, like this is the only time you're ever gonna get to touch this baseball unless you buy it from me. So enjoy it. Like you know, touch, touch. I these might be afraid sets. that the six foot seven ginormous human might just take the ball. Oh no, I'm filming the entire thing. I'm, I'm filming the entire thing, and then I'm saying, <laughs> I hope you strike me so that I'm double rich. That I'm gonna be. I, I, I'm so wealthy if this ends up happening. Actually, I love when people say that. Uh, when they go, I would love it if the athlete assaulted me because then I'd be rich. I'd be like, yeah, except for then you'd, you know, you wouldn't walk the same ever again. <laughs> Your face wouldn't look the same ever again. If you get yeah. beat up by a pro athlete, here's how it's going to go. is You're not going to just wake up the next well, morning like, ah. Like, I slept on a different pillow last night, and I'm hurting today. Like, my shoulder hurts because I slept on a different pillow. I'm pretty sure if Aaron Judge <laughs> beat the brakes off me, I wouldn't be like, yay, lawsuit money. Like, the the guy sure. from Office Space seemed pretty happy, though. Yeah. You know, with this yeah, jump to true. conclusions, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, sitting in is. the halo in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He was really happy at the end. Okay, so wild card. Um, wild card. I wasn't really into it. And once the Orioles were out, I felt a real lack of momentum for the baseball season. Like, okay, so everybody gets in and home field is nice because I'm going to go to a game maybe more. But it doesn't feel like that big of a reward facing the Rays and then going to the Astros bracket. And we do this in hockey a lot, and so maybe we're just a crybaby market who cries about things because we're used to it with the Leafs, but I just, I feel like the wild card has to do something different moving forward. It just, it's a bad mix of the season's so long and too many teams are making the playoffs, and then if all these teams are going to make it, that your reward as the third team should not be just going on the road and facing potentially the like the worst division team. It just... It's a little. It needs a tweak. I just don't know what the tweak is. No, it's garbage is what it is. Yeah, it's trash. Um, it is. At, at the very least, they have to get rid of the seeding like the NBA finally did with the division winners where it's worth nothing now, right? Then now it's just record mm-hmm. when we go into the conference and the seeding has nothing to do with whether you won your division or not. And I know up until recently, the Guardians were ahead of the Blue Jays or at least equal yeah, with yeah, the Blue whatever. Jays it's in a, record. It's but not now like you, you, if you did a draft, if you did a draft tomorrow, the Rays would not be the team that you would want to play in the first round. There's no argument for it. Yeah, no, there isn't. I mean, and and next year we get closer to a balanced schedule, so maybe some of this will will work out in in the wash. But yeah, got to get rid of. That's the number one thing. Got to get rid of the seating because there's really no argument against everybody should want to play the Cleveland Guardians right now. And I know they've had a great season and they're super young and they have it's pretty good pitchers. Bieber and yeah, it's yeah okay. And and they don't strike out, but they hit zero home runs. They yeah. hit the second fewest home runs in Major League Baseball. Just more than the Detroit Tigers. Um, they don't score. Mm-hmm. They don't strike out, which is all well and good, and they play half-decent defense. They play like 120 of their games against teams that are below 500. Yeah, it's like, congrats, you're better than the Royals. Like, yeah. You're better than the Tigers. These are the teams that you're fighting with year-long. The Twins, um, by the way, I can't wait for a few years from now when Carlos Correa is, I don't know, back on a meaningful baseball team. And we remember when Carlos Correa played for the Twins and everyone goes, no. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. I have zero recollection of it. Anyway, yeah, I I think that they need to make it either. I don't really want to blow up the seating because even though it means less and less and the schedule, like you said, is going to about, I do think that to me anyway, there is still something really special about winning the American League East and, and having that be a regular season thing. And yes, uh, it can still mean something, but also not really in the playoff standings. But I just, I like when divisions matter just a, a little tiny bit. I, I do like it. I don't care about the other stuff as much. 
What I think needs to happen is they need to get, well, there's two things. One is the number one thing should be a draft. It should be 100%. You get to pick the team that you play against. And if you just do that, nobody should care. Nobody should be able to cry. Um, They'll never do that. So can they do something that's even more aggressive than the three home field advantage games? Because I just, I, I'm, that's the part I'm having trouble with because we've joked about stuff like the other team starts up a game and they did that with the NHL bubble, if you remember, right? They had it where one team needed to win less games. And I'm thinking maybe that's what it is, is one team needs to win two and the other team just needs to win one. The problem is, is then you're eliminating games and baseball clearly doesn't want that because that's the whole reason they've expanded this. Yeah, it has to start with that, though, because there has to be more importance. And I know we're we're going from a situation where it was just one game, yeah. single elimination, to three games, and all in the same home ballpark. But there's more teams in it, right? Yeah. Like it was, it was that's in the before times, winning the division mattered because you avoided that thing. And it was like I know it's only a coin flip, one game thing, and you played 162 games, but you should have won your division. That's why you're here. But now mm-hmm. it's like. We got the same number of teams in the wild card as we've got not in the wild card, yep. right? And we're going to have plenty of World Series champions that come out of this thing. hundred percent. And it, it's we're all we're already dealing with a month of baseball that's so much more important than the six months of baseball, anyways. But let's 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 try and rein it in as much as we can. Uh, yeah, the starting point still to me has to be the 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 reseeding and just straight up record and the the lowest division winner does not get the number one seed in the wild card round but and what you said about getting a a game lead in that series has to be on the table we'll see how it plays out that's what i want that's what i want i want it to be you get the three home field games it's a three game series at home but you only need to win one game if you're the top wild card or you're the division winner um and the team that is the the you know the backup to they have to win two games in order to take the series from you. That's the way that it goes. They you know, win two it'll straight. be interesting, though, to look back on this. If this is the format for, what, the next 10 years, and we have a bigger sample of how these mm-hmm. games work out. Because, yeah, we did this in 2020 uh, in a, the most bizarre baseball season of our lifetimes yeah. with no home field advantage in any of those games because there were no fans. But... Maybe we're underestimating home field. Like, I don't think so because, you know, we have a big sample of 81 home games during the regular season. And for, for most teams, it's a slight advantage. The Blue Jays hasn't been much of one at all. I don't think it's a big so enough advantage. I, put it this way. You and I had that exact – we've had this conversation as well. You cannot pitch Manoa in the final game of the season trying to get home field advantage because it is unequivocally I, – I don't think it's even a debate. Having Manoa and Gossman on the road as a one-two punch in a three-game series is way more valuable than being at home with Gossman and Ross Stripling. Like, it just well, is. It, did you hear Ross Atkins yesterday basically put cold water on the yeah, John Schneider? Yeah, as he Schneider. should. I said on the show yesterday that it's the it's John Schneider's lowest moment as manager was admitting that publicly. Even if he thought that privately, he should have kept it there. Yeah. Like, it was really dumb to say that out loud. And, and I get it that there are outside factors here of, you know, you want to be able to get that gate revenue. You want to have people in the stands. You want to have the buzz in the city. Of course, you'd rather be home. You outlined the out- umpire reason. You still are better at home. Like, yes, home field is important. But this is my point about how the wild card doesn't have enough stakes. If you have the two best pitchers and you're going to go on the road, who cares? Like, give me the scenario you'd rather have. Yep. Home field advantage or the two better pitchers to start the series? It's like, not close. No, it's really not close. In fact, go look 
look at gambling lines every single night. The team with the better pitcher is usually the favorite. So that's how this thing works. It's not about who's home or who's well, away. So, I, like, again, it needs a tweak. Here's the other point of proof that the wild card stinks and it needs a tweak and it needs to get better and baseball has to address it. Who the hell is talking about the wild card race? It's not a big story nationally, right? It's not getting the traction that they hoped it would get. It's not a, it's it's football season right now for sure, but it's still a little too far away from the NHL and the NBA where this should be the number one point of conversation nightly and you have it right now in Toronto where you ask people, hey, do you care who you play? Oh, not really. Do you care about home field advantage? Well, I'd like to go to a baseball game and that would be awesome, but this isn't the topic of the day every single day. We're not sweating these wildcard standings that much. We're looking at it casually. It comes up on the broadcast a little while. Even here in the market where it seems to matter the most, it's kind of a secondary storyline. It's always been just make the wild card. Home field has kind of felt like, eh, all right, now that the border thing is gone, uh, who cares? No, I'm with you 100%. Like, I even... This is another thing I was afraid to, to mention because I didn't want to seem like a Debbie Downer when I was at that game on Monday. I don't like that you're kind of like a little bit saying that I'm the negative one and a Debbie Downer and that you, you know, you yeah. keep saying... I'm not a little well, bit saying I, it. I'm I saying would, it explicitly. Yeah, that's what I, yeah, you are. But you're saying it in a sneaky way, which is even worse. It's kind of passive-aggressive. But anyways, go on now that you're in the safe space. Yeah, um... There's stakes between the Blue Jays and Yankees during the series, and I'm sure the Jays really hated to watch them celebrate on the field yeah, and take yeah, the yeah. picture on the mound yeah. and then spray champagne in their clubhouse. So mad yeah, are the Blue no, Jays. So mad. But probably not really all that mad. Um, they're, they know where they're going to be. They're going to be in the wild card round. They'd like to be at home. Odds are that they're going to be at home. The Seattle Mariners can't beat all these horrible teams that they played for the last two weeks and they're without arguably their best player so it seems like they're they're, they're pretty secure from them yeah and of course they don't have the tiebreaker on the raise but no man it's it is i'm with you it's it's hard to to gin up these stakes and maybe this is just a weird year right because there's such a massive drop-off say what you will about the orioles incredible season and they've had a, a just a miraculous year that they're even a factor or were a factor going into this month. They're not really a factor anymore because even with the Mariners, what, losing seven of their last ten, they're still three and a half back of them. Yeah. They, they can't beat the, the horrible Red Sox. But this is there's a pretty clear drop-off between the three wildcard teams and everybody else. And in the National League, I mean, do we care really about the Brewers? No, Dude, we care I, about the Padres. Nobody and who I guess watches the American League baseball. Degree. Nobody who watches a team in the American League knows anything that's going on there until you drop in for a second in an interleague game and you get a little peek through the window and you go, what's going on in here? And they go, oh, this is what the Philly, is, uh, this is what they're doing. You go, oh, that's nice. And they'll see you in playoff time. I'll learn all about your team then. But during the regular season, I don't have any time for it. Like, nobody cares. And I know someone listening to this is like, oh, I cares? And just you. It's literally just you. You're the one person who cares about what the Phillies are doing right now in the NL wildcard race. No chance. That doesn't translate here at all. People care yep. way more about the Miami Dolphins secondary and who's healthy than they do about the Phillies wildcard chances. Like, that's a no doubt about it. Yeah. What this all gets down to, though, is mm -hmm. my biggest fear as a baseball fan over the last decade, decade plus, is the watering down, the diminishing of the regular season. Yeah, I know. And I was hopeful that, you know, this was the best of both worlds. It, it really hasn't proven to be. Yeah. And I, it, we need to add greater importance, you're right, to those 
those teams that have the home field advantage that have the higher seed in the wild card round and whether that's adding a win to their ledger uh, or I don't know, kneecapping the road teams. I don't know what it is. There's something has to be done. Road teams, yeah. No, yeah. Maybe they should have just they should have learned from the uh, the the Canadian border thing, and they go, yeah. If you travel on the road, you have to choose three guys who can't play, but one of them we pick from a hat. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> <laughs> every count starts yeah. with O2. You yeah. have to play the game. Yeah. All your batters start with an O2 count. Seems really simple. We got to run. Yes or no answer. And I'm going to do a little bit more of this as uh, we move forward because Brio's pitched yesterday. There's no debate for third starter, right? No. Okay. Yeah. I just want to make sure. I I just want to make sure. I just wanted to ask you. It's just uh, I've been saying no for a while now. But, yeah, it's it's pretty clear that unless this is for um, reasons beyond performance, uh, yeah, you got to go to strip. Yeah, and I guess that the the upside is higher on Barrios, and he had the strikeouts yesterday. And his fastball was up to ninety-seven, but no, the 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 floor is way lower with the guy who went a third of an inning on opening day this season, and that was a harbinger of things to come mm-hmm. uh, in year one of a seven-year extension. Yeah, it, it turned out all the hot takes from the first game ended up kind of being true. (laughs) Yeah, when does that ever happen? I know, it's wild. It's just like, you know, you said that everybody's takes were wrong because the season's so long. It turned out with Brios, not so much. Uh, Turned out with Kikuchi, too. Like, two two for two on those ones. Anyway, we got to run. Subscribe to this podcast, Benny and I, every week on The Good Hour. Um, Subscribe, review, leave five stars, share it with a friend, text it to a friend, post it on social, retweet it, do all those things. We'll talk to you tomorrow.